Have you ever wondered why some young people choose to end their lives? Ever wondered who they are and who they left behind? Have you ever wanted to hear their stories? Would you like answers to these questions and many more? Welcome to Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu. Her mission is to shine light on these young people, create awareness for, and educate the world on youth suicide. Opinions expressed in this podcast are those of Dr. Lulu and her guests. They are not a substitute for professional advice. If you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, call 1-800-273-TALK or send a text to www.crisistextline.org. Now, here's Dr. Lulu. Buenas tardes. Hello and welcome to another episode of Suicide Pages with Dr. Lulu, the podcast. How are y'all doing? It is a beautiful sunny day outside and I am just so happy to share my next guest with y'all. Hopefully you've been following the podcast. Hopefully you've been listening to the stories. Hopefully you've been finding yourself in the voices of the members of my podcast family. And hopefully, of course, you have been touched and hopefully changed by their stories. I have been touched. I have been transformed. You know, I'm becoming, I'm becoming is the best way to put this, a different person because of their stories. And I hope you are too. So without further ado, let's meet Miss Angel, which I like to just say and hell, but Angel, Miss Angel Alvaro is my sec, well, actually, my first Filipino guest. So, yay! <laughs> she found me. I didn't find her. She found me on Facebook and she reached out to me, and I was like, let's do it. Because, as you know, yes, we're talking about suicide and depression and all the bad stuff, but really, what we want to accentuate is the victory over all of these things. So without further ado, let us meet Miss Angel, who is a speaker. She's a writer. And believe it or not, something new. She's a life activator and life accelerator. I cannot get past these, all these adjectives or what these people are using to describe themselves. She's essentially a life and business coach, but she's an energy healer. I mean, that is so powerful in and on itself, right? So she helps those of us that struggle with depression and suicidal ideation. She herself is coming from a place of, I've been there, I've walked the walk, and now I'm talking my walk. Isn't that beautiful? So she's here to share her story with us and let us meet her. Miss Angel, thank you so much for gracing the pages of Suicide Pages. Thank you for agreeing to write on a page today or many pages. We don't know yet. Maybe you might come back. So tell us a little bit about yourself and thank you once again for being here. Well, first of all, thank you so much, Dr. Lulu, for um, allowing me to be a guest uh, and gracing your podcast. Um, Yes, I found you and I believe that the universe sent you my way because it's been one, uh, it's one of the ways that I can share my story and to show people out there that when there's darkness, there's light on the other side of it. Amen. 
Amen. And yes, you reached out to me and, and I was so touched. And I just, I know the, the listeners can't see you, but you are beautiful. And of course, we share something in common. We both love Princess Diana. So I already kind of yes. about that. I love it. I love it. I told you how I broke into her. I, my friend and I jumped across the fence and yes, we broke into the funeral and we went there. Yes, that was when we could do that in those days in Washington, D.C. So, I would have loved to do that. <laughs> I tell you, when I tell people my story, when I write my memoir, my memoir is going to be an instant bestseller because I have done some crazy things and I'm not ashamed to say it. <laughs> well, you know, it's part of the adventures of our life, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, so where do you want to start? Do you want to start from before your parents met, from when you were a kindergartner to when you were an adult? Where do you want to start? We can start it from the beginning. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So, <clears throat> okay. So first of all, I was raped when I was five years old by a distant relative and because of that my innocence was taken away I was betrayed essentially right and so trust was never there anymore as a kid and I was deeply hurt and there was death threats so I couldn't tell anybody um, the story was still ingrained in my head up until now but back in 2017 after my father passed away I had massive sexual trauma healing and that's part of what I'm doing now. So with with that um, rape that happened before, it was also it was followed by multiple rapes um, again as I was growing up. So it's easy to understand why depression uh, has become a part of me and suicidal thoughts have been my constant companion. I was writing a a post last night actually about suicidal thoughts. I'm like I never really write anything about this in public and I was writing writing something in my book I'm like oh my god this what really is suicidal thought for me back then um it's my best friend my constant companion something that made me feel I can trust all the time back then so ever since I was like maybe six years old I would always have suicidal thoughts of course of course back at seven years old I would think that I wish I have brain cancer that's terminal so that I just die. I would bang my head in the wall, hoping that, you know, that's a sign of brain cancer because I heard we had a relative who passed away of brain cancer. So I'm like, what if I had one, you know? Or my father had a 45 caliber magnum. I would always watch him clean it. And there were times that I was like, maybe I should get that. <laughs> maybe I should use that, you know? There was a point in my life, I remember around probably eight, nine years old, when a relative attempted to molest me, uh, sexual uh, molest me. And um, I managed to escape and run away and went to the bedroom of my parents and I saw the gun there. I picked up that gun and staring at it. That voice in my head was so loud, convincing me and saying that, you know, you could, you could have your happiness now. You could stop this suffering now. And slowly point that gun in my head. I can feel that, that cold barrel in my head, you know. Yeah, this this is terrible. I'm a big crybaby anyway. I'm so sad to hear this. I am so sorry for for everything that happened. I was molested at the age of nine, but 
I am so sorry to hear this story. This is terrible. Oh my God. Nobody knows this in my family. Um, I never had the courage to tell my mom. You've never told yeah, I told my parents. going to hear this in your podcast. I told my parents when I was 42 and they didn't even do anything. I am so sorry. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Oh my God. Oh my God. So depression, suicidal thoughts, attempting suicides. I've been there. I've attempted suicide so many times. Slicing my wrist. I know that. Um, going on top of the building when I was in Taiwan. Um, thinking that, hmm, we have 10 floors. If I jump down, <laughs> would I die? Or would I just end up with broken bones and paralyzed? You know what? That is one of the things that I was dealing with. I was like, I don't want to attempt suicide because I don't want to, I don't want to end up not dying. And then I'll end up like a vegetable or paraplegic or something. And many of my guests have shared that too, why they didn't go all the way because they want to make sure that they could die. They don't want to exactly. die and then not die. Yeah, exactly. Oh. And, and, you know, that voice gets strong and it just knows how to be so convincing and just knows how to make you feel so loved. And when you, when you can't, when you can't trust anyone around you, that's the only thing you'll trust that, that suicidal thoughts, you know? So in and out of depression and relationships that I'd been uh, back then, what's always in my head was I'd rather hurt you than you hurt me because there's never trust with men. Which, by the way, since the massive sexual trauma healing that I'd been through since 2017, well, going back a little bit more, when I was in Italy, I met my soulmate, which is now my husband for 13 years. We're happily married with two beautiful Thank God. So with all the darkness that I've been through, with all the abuse, uh, depression, which has been constant companion also for me, I can tell you that there's, uh, there's brightness there's light on the other side of it and that's why this is one of my passion you know and I really realized that this is not just a passion or a mission it's part of my soul's purpose being an energy healer you know I had to go through all of this to be able to understand what my clients were going through you can say that again that is so true you need to walk the walk so you can talk the walk that is so amazing I have been through I have no problem saying that my kids were bullied I was bullied I was molested I went through all of that but through all of that victory and it's a struggle. It's a daily struggle, but we're here and we're able to share our stories. Many people out there cannot share their stories for whatever reason. I completely respect that. But for those of us that can, we're going to climb to the rooftop and scream so people can hear that you're not alone. You're exactly. not alone. There is happiness. You got to find it, but it's there. Oh, wow, Angel. A lovely, lovely name for such a. Oh. Oh my God. So I know you kind of jumped from the age eight to adulthood. Can you fill in the gaps between age eight and adulthood when you met so, your soulmate? It sounds to me like you travel a lot. I well traveled. Oh. You said you speak a lot of languages. We're going to have to compare notes because I speak eight languages. Can you beat that? Uh, I'm, I'm a little lower than that. Because <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I'm, 
I had I I stopped, but I'm six closer. Okay, well, you know what? <laughs> We're close to each other. Most people haven't even done two. So yes, I'm very proudly a polyglot. Yes, I speak eight languages and I'm very and I'm working on my ninth one, Mandarin. So yes. <laughs> Mandarin. <laughs> oh wow. So you see you beat me with that. Maybe you're gonna teach me. Oh wow. Practice, yes. yes, ma'am. I know Nihao. Nihao, Nihao Ma. Yes. So I know that much. We're working on it. Okay. Wow. So 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 let's go back to age eight and then coming on to you know, your teens and of course your young adulthood and then now. Okay. So yeah, my apologies. I ended no, up. No, 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 um, you're, you're fine. I'm like, I have ADHD. I claim it. I jump around <laughs> too. I'm just fine. You know, you got to try, you need to try to stay, to stay, you know, to, to keep up with me because I'm gone. <laughs> so wow. after age eight, um, there's still the, you know, multiple attempted rapes. Um, it still happened. Um, those times also, even up, I think 11, 11 years old, something happened also that time. And that's when really, you know, the suicidal thoughts has been my constant companion. Um, and I also grew up in a very abusive environment, verbally, mentally, physically. So I almost so easy. environment is the third, the third world. I grew up in Nigeria. You, they curse you out. They beat you up. And it's like a child's life is like, what? Oh my God. And so the Philippines is probably not too far away from that. And then they believe in their own minds that this is raising a child with tough love. And then the child has nowhere to go, no respite. I couldn't tell my parents about my own experience until I was an adult, you know? Yeah. For, for the longest time, I, I was scared of leather belts, you know, anything leather. I wouldn't <laughs> go near that. I never understood why oh, until wow. being an adult because leather belt is what my father used to punish at this pankas, you know. Yes. Um, so, yeah, this, so it's easy to really see why suicidal thoughts has been, had been my best friend along those years. Yes. Um, Life has never been easy during elementary and high school because, um, you know, I was always that timid, um, shy, quiet person in the corner because to me, what would I tell them? Oh. Especially, I might end up telling them that I was raped, but then there was death threat, right? Like, would kill my mom. So I couldn't say anything, so just be quiet. Oh. Um, and you know the funny thing? Being that timid, shy one in the corner, you're also a target for the bullies. Is that what you're going to tell me next? (laughs) (laughs) I was, but the the interesting thing, though, is that I never allowed anyone bully me or my friends around me. So I would always fight. Uh, People say I was an activist back then. I would always fight for you. Um, If I couldn't fight for myself, then I would fight fight for people um, around me. Noble, I want to hug you. (laughs) So I'm quiet and be had ended up having a reputation during elementary that she's quiet but she's deadly so don't mess amen. with her <laughs> amen i'll take it out you know you look petite i can't see you standing i, I you am yeah i'm yes. only i'm five two yeah oh wow you look petite you know what that's a fireball i love it i love it i love it wow thank god you've been a, you've it's you've always had it in you you've always had it in you. Uh, yes always about uh fighting for for people's rights you know maybe i guess it's part of now i understand that it's part of who I am. The journey, yes. Yeah. So during high school, there's still those bullying and whatnot, you know, even from teachers, but I would always stand up uh, for others and for myself. 
to the point that I would always get uh, in trouble because of that. You know, I would question people and I'm not scared of that. And then I get in trouble with my parents because <laughs> they will hear what I did and whatnot. The irony saw, of it though, the irony, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to the irony of it though is you would question people who did the same things or maybe not sexually molested, but hurt other people. But you, on the other hand, were constantly being subjected to the same thing that you were fighting other people for, right? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. yeah that's what I felt like. It's like it's weird. Wow. Yeah. Uh, during teenager um, suicidal thoughts, that's when the committing, uh, committing suicide has become more often for me. You know, we, we moved from a little village to a town. And that's when, you know, there's TVs, there's all these things now that's not available for, for us in, in the village before. And so there's more things that you see on TV. And so there's movies that I would see that, oh, wow, look at that person committed suicide. Oh, you can use a broken bottle. Well, maybe I can do that too, you know. So all these crazy ideas about um, suicidal thoughts and committing suicide because of the hormonal, you know, the changes we're going through as um, teenagers mm-hmm. has been more crazy but at the same time there's all these other things that's happening to me at that time I would see uh, it's like premonitions you know and those things would happen and that would scare me even more because it's like I would see that and then it happens and like why do I have to see these things and then it had to happen right Mm -hmm. Um, which I never understood during those times because even my parents don't know those things and Mm -hmm. you get cold names you know when you get cold names like you're the devil's daughter or you're a witch not. Because you were mad, because you were angry all the time, right? Yeah, I was always I, I, angry. I can, I can hear that. I can feel that. I can, feel, I can, do, I can completely understand that. And um, oh wow, that's awful. Looking at my pictures during high school, you know, my eyes and my my aura, it's just full of anger, and it's so dark. I'm like, what the heck was I doing that? <laughs> you know, but because of the all the suicidal yes. thoughts, yeah, the depression. Depression is just crazy that time and nobody understood that but of course you put a face that everything is going well with you you know I was the joker in the group in high school I would always be the one to make everyone laugh that's good I would be the miss that uh, would start a mischief in the classroom you know uh, oh. throwing ball of papers with messages <laughs> in the yes, classroom and then get yeah. wow seeking attention to get punished um wow was some yeah. Yes, I that was. Like, I could see how that could happen. So you were trying to get, just like it's the same thing as banging your head on the wall and hoping and praying for for brain cancer. You know, you did yeah. that. You know, let me do everything I could do so I can get punished because that's all you know. Your body has been punished and ravaged by abusers. Oh wow. So when you were raped, for me, I was like, did what did I do wrong? to have that right so that's why all of these things okay might as well be punished every time and yes. growing up growing up also especially in high school my parents would always somehow be mad at me i'm like what the heck was i doing wrong i'm doing everything i can and i know to help in the house and be a good student but i would still always somehow get punished for what my siblings did Somehow I was not a good role model and whatnot. Are you the first child? Yes, I'm the eldest. Oh, me too. Uh, I'm the eldest. We have a lot in common. I'm the eldest. 
And so, that, you know, what? the first child in a Nigerian family, it's a lot of pressure. You have to have this. I mean, you must be like spotless, clean. Everything must be perfect. And um, mm. <laughs> yeah, I know that um, you have to be the perfect role model, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I guess that was one of the part where it actually stopped me for going into drugs and alcohol during high school and university because yeah, I, I at the back of my head I was still thinking of my siblings yeah yeah so that's wonderful that's actually wonderful that's wonderful wow mm-hmm. so did you ever did you ever get I mean I don't know where we are in your life story now I think we're like high school high and school. going to college okay did you ever get therapy at any point in time yet or no no, because in the Philippines, um, talking about depression and suicidal thoughts and all this thing, mental stuff, you'd be like, oh, why are you crazy now? You're mentally crazy now, so you need to be in the mental institution. I'm like, either what? that's extreme or they never talk about it at all. In Nigeria, yeah, it's like, it's don't like, talk don't about, talk about it. it. Yeah, don't tell anybody that you're, you're embarrassed. Yes, your embarrassment, number one, you're not going to get married. People are not going to, they're going to think that you're, there's something wrong with you and nobody talks about it. And the poor child or adult or whatever, has to just deal with that by themselves. How sad. Yeah, exactly. And and going to university that time um, already, ended up learning, realizing that virginity is something that is very important and has so much emphasis, right? So me knowing that I had this um, attempted rapes and, and rape back then, I was like, so then I can't get married and no one's going to marry me? Uh, okay. And that is um, the, the, I'm so happy to, to say that you also told us you met your soulmate. So I can't wait to hear that part of the story. But don't rush. I'm just excited that there's, there was indeed light <laughs> and a diamond and all this yeah. stuff waiting for you on the other side. Wow. Exactly. So university life was very tough because I, you, had to, you have to fit in. You have to fit in. And I went to the city, but it's not the, the capital, not in Manila. I said, as long as it's away from our house, so that at that time, I was just running away. I don't want to be in the house. It's more about, I want to be away from my father, you know? Mm. So running away, escaping, thinking that by doing that, I'm really escaping everything that's hurting me. Well, but wait, why the your, rebellion... Why your father? Am I asking? Why running away from your father? Because he's very abusive. And especially the the verbal abuse that uh, you get from him. It's the words that you hear from him. It's like, you know, no, you couldn't take it. It's like, you're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. Mm. Um, who do you think you are? Um, ah. that, that, all those things, you know. Yeah, because so why he, when I do my parents coaching, I tell parents, be very careful. You must be number one cheerleader for your kids. Your mm-hmm. kids must see you as their number one supporter. There's no other option. As a parent, your kids must see you as being right there, going to take a bullet for them, so to say, because it's your child. Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. So the backstory to that, uh, to the abuse, is that my father wanted a boy, but he get me instead. So I was, there was, I was unwanted from the beginning. What? And he never failed to put that in my face. Can up. I share something? With I wish you were boy. Can I? Yes. Can I share something with you? My first name, my my name is Uchenna, which in Igbo language means 
you could say God's thoughts or God's will. And the story that I was told by my dad, as a matter of fact, or maybe I made it up myself, I don't know, over the years, it's been my story and I've been sharing it. I don't know if I was told it or if I, if, if I just made it up because my brother who came after me, his name is Ifa Nacho, which means that which we desire. Mm -hmm. So my name is God's will. My brother's name is that which we desire. So I don't know if I concocted the story that, well, so when I came along, it was like, well, you're not a boy, but okay, you're, it's God's will, so we're going to keep you. But when my brother came along, oh, this is the child that we want. Does that make sense? So that's the story yeah. I've been using because it makes sense to me that when I came along, I'm not a boy, but okay, well, it's God's will, so we're going to keep the girl because, I mean, what are we going to do? God has spoken, right? But when my brother yeah. came along, he's like, wait, aha, this is the child that we want, you know? Yeah. So imagine how I grew up feeling that way. My daddy never said anything to me. I never, I never heard anything like, oh, we, we wanted a boy. But in my head, I always thought that maybe since they named me this and then they named my brother that, maybe that's what, maybe that's what it was. They really wanted a boy secretly and then they got a girl. You know what I mean? Like, wow, amazing. We're actually twins almost. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. So... In your case, you're fortunate that you didn't hear any words. For me growing up, I would always hear words that you're, you're of no value. Boys are more valuable, more important, you know, in, in his own ways at that time. But I, I learned to forgive him already. From and that, that didn't help that you already be molested on the other side. Then you come home and yeah. you're getting beat up basically verbally and emotionally and otherwise. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course, I didn't know that story because I, I couldn't tell them. Um, so to me, I was angry that um, you didn't know what's going on with me, with your own daughter. And I guess you'll never really do anything. And one of those thoughts I had every time I had those suicidal thoughts is like, would, you, would he ever cry if I ended up dead at that time, you know, which was crazy. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh my God. This is so, this is like an emotional roller coaster. Your story, Angel. Mm -hmm. So sorry. So sorry. I know one of the guests that I had recently, she said that she said she wanted to kill herself just so that the family would be like, I wonder what they would do if I die. You know, she said the same thing. Wow. Would they miss me? Would they yeah, see, would they see me? my value? She said yeah. that. Would they miss me? That's what she said. Would they miss me? Oh. Yeah. Wow. Are you okay? Yeah. You, need a minute? you need a minute? Or are you okay? You want to continue or you need a minute? Yeah. I'm okay. It's... Yeah. We're good. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, let's, let's continue then. Thank you so much. And I know you said at the beginning that this is your first time. I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm able to give you a platform to talk about it. And maybe, just maybe healing, the true healing will start because, because you're still so frail. And, and I'm joining you in crying. So it's obvious that, you know, you're still heavily burdened by this. And, and thank you for letting me be part of the journey to us hopefully final healing. Oh, my God. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. You're welcome. So, this is first time for me to really talk about, like, that about suicidal thoughts, attempted suicides and depression, about the rape. I shared it um, two years ago mm -hmm. in a Facebook Live. 
but I never had the courage to do that again. <laughs> it's like, wow. But I understand how impactful it is and it was for so many people. So I believe the universe sent you my way. I was not even looking for any for being in any podcast at all. That is why I continue to do it because indeed, indeed, not many people, but very few are chosen to tell their stories and have the impact like boom, right there. So somebody can hear you and be like, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing your story. Oh, Angel, thank you so much. Wow. Do you need Welcome. a break? Thank you. Sure you got this. You want to keep going? Can okay. let's, let's, let's keep going. Yes, we're good. Okay. Awesome. Uh, so with that, um, university already, during the university, I experienced date rape. Oh my God, Angel. <laughs> just keep going, isn't it? You <laughs> <laughs> oh. just kept going. <sighs> so depression was really, really bad at that time for me. I I was also betrayed by the person that I learned to trust and, you know, finally allowed myself to call someone, a close friend, but that person betrayed me also. So one of the reasons why I can never get myself close to women, because women betrayed me. <laughs> Men betrayed me. Women betrayed me. Where do I go, right? That's why it's all the suicidal thoughts. Yes. Yes. That's all I had at that time. With that date rape that resulted in unwanted pregnancy. in my family knew about all these things but now I have all this courage I feel like it's time for this story to be out yes others that will hear my story yes yes and that is why that's why I share my story that's why I talk about it because you know, I talked about my suicidal um, ideation and my suicidal thoughts after Anthony Bourdain died because I was so, I, I never knew him, but I was just so touched by it. And that video, it just set me free. I was like, okay, now I can talk about it. And you, you tell me what you want to tell me. I don't care. Medical board or no medical board, I'm still going to be a doctor. I'm going to be a better doctor because I can identify with my patients and their pain. And we need human beings. We need real people. We need real people. Oh, God Almighty. Did you have the baby? No. Oh, my God. I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm so sorry. Oh, God. 
and that was the burden of the guilt that I had been carrying. I know, I know. <sighs> I'm so sorry, so sorry. I, I couldn't afford it at that time. I was so scared. I know my father would kill oh, me, disown yes. me. Oh, yes. Oh, God, yes. I don't even know him, but oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh, God Almighty. You know, the decisions you made during those times, you know, that's, I don't know, around 15, 16 years old. Oh decisions for me that as an adult if I can go back I would have kept the baby yes I know but it's okay you didn't know any better you didn't know any better you didn't know any better and you know God is good I can only say that God is good I'm so sorry for your pain so depression was really crazy for me at that time I thought of committing suicide over again, again. yes over and over again and that's like god just punish me just take my life now mm. so i know i've i've committed something that i don't deserve to be and because of that i vowed not to be married not to be a mother because to me i didn't deserve to be a mom for what i did and i'm just going to guess I, because you're filipino you're catholic right Yes. Yeah, yes. so that's why you can tell. I'm Catholic too, so, you know, I know. Oh, my God. You kill yourself. Yeah, the burden of all yes. that, yeah. Oh, my God. And then you couldn't tell anyone anything. Not even someone you can call a friend because you're just scared that you couldn't trust anyone. Oh, my God. Mm. So, the rebellion started with that. I became rebellious. I'm like, the heck with this life. You know, I just didn't care anymore if I'm going to graduate in university or not. I was taking computer science, which was my father's decision anyway. So my way of getting back at him was to not go up on stage and not graduate, not give him the, you know, the satisfaction of being able to go up on stage that her first, that his firstborn is graduating. I didn't do that. So you did you graduate and just not walk across the stage or you didn't graduate? I mean, I'm just trying to... No, I didn't. Uh, there's there's um, a subject that I chose not to finish. Wow. That is powerful. I had a chance to do that, but I just... No. I, to me, I could hurt him the most at that because he likes to brag. Oh. He's competitive. You're important to him if he can brag about you, you know. So, yeah, suicidal thoughts, committing suicide, depression. I know all of those. I know what it felt like. So that's during college. Now, after college, I had I actually had dengue <laughs> fever, so which is from the mosquito, right? Yeah, it's yeah. almost caused. I almost costed my life. Um, the doctors, I had to go through blood transfusion, um, which was almost like an awakening for me at that time. So I said, you know what? I don't want to be in the Philippines anymore. <laughs> so I ended up applying for a job in Taiwan. 
my journey going overseas started in 99. So I was hired, I was accepted for a job in Taiwan. I thought that was the best thing ever. I ever did in my life. Amen. Ever. Because I thought I escaped all of the hurt, all of the pain I'd been through mm. since I was a kid. The violence, the abuse, you know. Mm. But I was wrong. Oh, God. It, I should have known it, with Angel. I should have known with you that it was going to be another, another corner, another twist. Oh, goodness. It followed me in Taiwan. So, you know, the unfairness, the injustice continued there. So I became a part of the activist group there to fight for um, workers' rights. I was going to say women and, equality, things like that. You've always been an activist, you know? It's, it's never... It's <laughs> I didn't yes. that, yeah. It might be suppressed, yeah. but it's not buried. That's amazing. Yeah. That's We are in a dormitory, which is about 10, 11 floors. So that's when, you know, constantly I would think of going at the rooftop because the, the the laundry machines were at the the rooftop and then you just go a little bit more and you're really at the top outside where you can see just the sky and, and you're alone there mm. in the middle of the night while the laundry is going you know mm. and I would look around look up look down if I jump here would I die or am I just gonna end up being with broken bones and still alive. I don't want that. I couldn't remember how many times I attempted doing that. I repeated how many times I repeated doing that mm. until finally one of my, I was, one of my foot is already, you know, one is in the ledge and other one is already out. I was ready and I was even, I spread my arms like that. I was like, God, I'm ready to oh, end all of them. God. I guess it was not my time because my co-worker mm. happened to go up in the rooftop right at that time to smoke. Oh, oh my <laughs> song. god. Oh my god. I thought I jumped the building because I just felt I floated. But I guess the story she said was I had to grab you. Oh my and, God! Yes, the adrenaline rush that she had was like grammy and oh it swung God. us swung, both away. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, I see. So it felt oh. like I jumped, you know. Yes. Oh my God, Angel. Um, ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I have to take a hard break. Angel is. I know she thinks she's strong, but she's been crying since we started this interview. I'm going to have to take a hard break. I'm going to make a, a hard call. I have to stop the interview. Angel, I need you to understand. I have to stop the interview. We'll come back. I can't go on. We have to stop the interview. Is that okay, ma'am? We have to stop the interview. I can't go on anymore. I have to I have to make a hard call. Please. I have to. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dr. Lulu. 
I have to make a hard call. We will come back with page two of Angel's story, but it won't be today. I can't take it anymore. And I know she can't. She's been crying since we started this thing. I have to do something. We're going to call it a day today. Thank you all so much for listening. The only thing I have to say, if, if you're a parent, if you're a parent, please know your child. Know your child and know the signs that your child is not happy. They're not going to come and tell you most times. Know your child and be your child's advocate, please. I have to go now. God bless you. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you all later.